0: What's up, everybody? Harrison Van Riper here, back for another week, another episode of Shadow Talk, Digital Shadows weekly threat intelligence and cybersecurity news wrap up uh, summary. I don't know. What, I don't know what we should call it now. It's just, it's just us talking, conversation. Uh, joining me this week is Alex Giraku in the Dallas office. Alex, how are you?
1: Good. Back on yet back, again.
0: Back on yet again. You have your gallon jug. I do. Water. I'm almost done with it. He's drinking a gallon of water Trying a day. to. And then also joining me to the to the right of Alex is Alec Alvarado. Or should I call you Matthew? I'm call sorry. Matthew. Matthew Alvarado. You know, you can call me whatever you want, Harrison. Can I call you Matt? That that works as well. Matt Alec Alvarado. That's
1: Lieutenant Matt oh, I'm Alec sorry. Alvarado. That's,
2: that's too much
0: information you're putting out TMI. There. We have a paper about that.
1: What's your birthday? What's your son's name?
0: Um, What's your SSN? <laughs> yeah. One,
2: two, three.
0: <laughs> you were the first. <laughs>
1: Zero, um, zero, 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 one. Exactly.
0: How are you doing, Alec? How are you? Pretty good. It's pretty been good. a while since you've been on.
2: Yeah, excited to, to be graced with another invitation.
0: Alec also has a, a gallon jug with him. Uh, I don't know what, what this gallon jug water train it's is. It's just
1: to be able to see how much water you're drinking. Uh, and it reminds you that you still have some left to go.
0: Yeah, true. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I, could, I should probably do that too. I feel like I'm getting sort of under the weather.
1: It puts it into perspective just exactly how little water you drink otherwise.
0: Yeah. I mean, like today I haven't drank there probably you any, but I have had tea and if you, but you have to stop moving it around the table because I, the I,
1: will. Will yeah, that was I mean, we do. it. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, so we've got three different stories today. Uh, let's start off with the first one. Um, this one is interesting. Uh, basically a hack. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. No, I'm laughing at the story. Oh, <laughs> So, basically, a uh, another ransomware attack.
1: Yep, right? Against a local government. Local so, the same government. kind of thing we've been seeing for months now. Yeah, right? we've Not already it. talked about it.
0: We've talked about it several times in the podcast. Um, but this one was interesting because it was a little bit unique. Uh, so, basically, on, on Wednesday, the mayor of New Bedford, Massachusetts. You're from Massachusetts. Yes, indeed. In, anywhere near where you're from? Uh, no. Oh, okay. never mind uh so basically new bedford massachusetts announced that the city's systems had been encrypted by the ryuk ransomware virus and operators were demanding 5.3 million 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 dollars with an m with an m uh in exchange for a decryption key so um that's a lot that's a big that's a big request i mean
1: we've been seeing ones that are like significantly higher than that too, but $5.3 million is a lot of money.
0: Well, so, and I'll get to that, I'll get to that in a minute, yeah. but um, the affected systems were said to include the the city's financial management systems, which again goes in line with some of the other stuff that we'd been seeing, um, but that most of the other systems were still up and running. Um, so just to go back to that point about, um, we go, if we look back at the Texas out, uh, ransomware outbreak, uh, basically that was what they were requesting, about 20 million, I think, between twenty-two different entities, mm, sounds right. Um, so break that down. About tw- uh, a million per place. Five point three from one spot is a is a big chunk to be requesting. Mm-hmm. It might be a little bit outside of the range of some uh, some some risk appetite for some of the local city governments. To that end, though the city government tried to negotiate with the attackers down to 400,000.
1: Which is more along the lines of other ones that we've been seeing as well. Like 400 is much more reasonable than 5.3 million or even 1 million, Mm -hmm. right?
0: Yeah, and that was their reasoning behind it too. Yeah, It also
2: aligns with their insurance policy, which covered up to a million dollars. Oh, did it? Oh, I didn't even see that. Yeah, so...
0: Okay, okay. So that makes sense. So... um, but it doesn't seem like the uh, the attackers really wanted that.
1: They were like, nope.
0: <laughs> so apparently, they cut off communications after that, and they were like, no, like we don't we don't want your four hundred thousand dollars. We're good. Um, which th- seems very weird to me.
1: I mean, that fits in with what we were talking about what last week about how they're getting more and more bold. Bold. They're getting much more bold. Right. As people keep making these payments, they keep demanding more and more. And this kind of fits along the lines of hey we can make much more money than $400,000 you can you can keep it
0: it's almost like people had been saying for years that we shouldn't be paying them the ransoms and that this would happen and now it's happening how high do you think Uh-oh. it can go uh oh i <laughs> i mean 20 million is pretty high <laughs> <laughs> um so so yeah so they cut off the communications after the 400,000 i think so for me personally i think this is an interesting development in this whole saga Uh, mainly because number one, it's a big request. Like we already kind of covered 5.3 million is a big amount from one entity alone. Um, but basically the fact that the attackers didn't take the $400,000 does indicate that they either a know that they can get more, uh, B they don't think that the $400,000 is worth their time or their effort. um, I guess I only have A and B. I only have those two <laughs> points. But that, I mean, that's just like a crazy thing to me because even like a couple of years ago, we were just thinking about how traditional ransomware demands were three hundred to five hundred bucks. Like that seems more reasonable. But and now these these threat actors are like, no, nah, we
2: want like <laughs> we want millions.
1: So I mean, it's clearly a big business. Yeah. Right. Yeah. People are making a lot of money off this.
2: Yeah, and obviously four hundred thousand dollars is chump change to what they have apparently
1: uh do we know if they managed to recover their files or
2: i think they did what i read that they they did they only infected about 4% of their systems mm-hmm. uh and i'm pretty sure since you know they offered 400,000 the third actor said nope and pretty much cut off communication and from there they just went ahead and started to uh restore from backups and i i don't think they got everything back yeah uh, but they were able to look at and see what sort of information was actually uh, if there was any taken, and so,
0: I think I think there's also like so they they reached out to like a third party uh, cybersecurity company to help them do the incident response and all that. Um, they that company whoever it was I didn't name them, but uh, they were basically like, please don't say anything. But I guess they did anyways. The 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 city, and this actually happened back in July. Right. So it's been a little bit. It's been it's been about a month. Mm-hmm. Um. So. Or I guess about two months now, it's, all, it's already September, goodness. Um, but but yeah, so maybe maybe there's some details that just are sort of still behind mm-hmm. behind the scenes, and who knows if we'll actually hear the whole story about it. But I mean, at um, least
1: they named the ransomware variant, right? It was yeah, Ryuk again, yeah. and that's like one of the more common ones that yeah. have been involved in these local city government attacks.
0: I mean, if you were to name the top three ransomware variants right now off the top of your head that we've talked about in the last few months, what would they be?
1: So Ryuk and Akibi for Mm -hmm. sure. Mm -hmm.
0: I would say Gan Crab would be in there as well, but it's no longer operating. Mm -hmm. Um,
2: They're enjoying their retirement? Yeah, apparently.
0: Um, Okay, so that's it for that one. That's just kind of an interesting development in that ongoing saga, so I think there's not too much to to dissect there. Um, Let's move on to the next story for this week. So I think the actual incident for this one happened... Uh, last week. So basically I, I'm sure people have heard in the news that, um, the CEO of Twitter had his account quote unquote hacked. Um, I know how much As all the media of loves to say, yeah, yeah, yeah. All of us love to, um, use that term hacked, uh, whatever that actually means. Um, but basically, what happened was the account started sending out a bunch of uh, nasty tweets um, that I won't repeat here. But they're you know pretty vulgar and you know I mean
1: among those like reportedly tweeting out his social security number, which turned out to be fake. But right. but still, still
0: basically some some somebody whoever it was um, abused a legitimate feature that is it within Twitter, um, and basically was just like messing around for the lulls. Um, it doesn't seem like it was all that, you know, grand grandly malicious, you know, kind of like in a grand scale mm-hmm. um obviously affects Jack Dorsey who's the CEO, his account and all that but like just kind of like messing around and just doing dumb stuff. Um the the feature that it was was tweet via SMS. Mm-hmm. Um so I thought that that was more of an interesting place to kind of go through. So I wanted to kind of walk through the attack quote-unquote, that was basically abused, the feature that was abused to to conduct it. So
1: why don't one of y'all kind of walk through it? I mean, so somehow they must have been able to get his phone number, right, which Mm -hmm. is attached to his Twitter account, probably for two-factor authentication purposes. Mm -hmm. And we've talked about previously how using your phone number for two factors is not always the best, and this is an example as to why that might not be Mm -hmm. um, or why that may be. And they were able to use that and they were able to somehow spoof his phone number and then use that feature, which essentially lets you create tweets that get posted to your account by texting or using your phone number. So you would say, for example, actually, how, how does that work? So, so basically
0: so, what happened was they, they got his phone number, yeah. right? They, they knew what it was. They didn't, mm-hmm. It wasn't like they got, I don't think they did any sort of SIM swapping or I don't know that they necessarily know, but they spoofed his phone number to then send a tweet um, sorry, send a SMS message to like one of those four zero four zero four numbers, right. um, one of those automatic things, mm-hmm. yep. and um,
2: whichever number they sent that to allowed them to send a tweet out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean that's like an older feature because mm-hmm. I doubt anybody really uses that anymore unless you know you don't have access to the mobile application. Uh, and so, you know, a lot of people probably have that enabled, and they don't even think they don't can even yeah. realize it. Yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, so. it, it can be useful for places that don't necessarily have internet coverage, mm-hmm. or places exactly. where smartphones aren't super available, mm-hmm. right? And yeah.
2: actually, they they have turned it back on for, for those, those areas. For those areas only. Yeah. It's it's off for everywhere else. But mm-hmm.
1: so, it definitely is a feature that you, that's used in more places, um, or that's used in certain places and not used in others.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, this was an interesting one just because of the attack surface of a phone number, right? I, you know, we obviously give out our phone numbers on a... It's on your business cards, yeah. it's on your email signatures, exactly. some data right. breaches. It's on websites. I mean, it's everywhere. You're going to put it in that bowl for a free appetizer at Applebee's? <laughs> exactly. I got to get my free appies. Um, but the, you know, t- typically when I think of my phone number, I'm like, okay, what can somebody really do with that? Like I already get spam calls. I already get, you know, fake robocalls calls. Like, okay, I put up with that. It's a nuisance. It's not anything that's dramatically big deal. Or dangerous. Or dangerous. Right. Um, but I think this example highlights the fact that it can be, I mean, like it, it can result in an account takeover essentially. Mm-hmm. Now I'm not saying that the entire account was taken over. It was just kind of the ability to tweet from the account, yep. Um But you could use that to, I don't know, conduct some sort of phishing or conduct some sort of um, you know different kind of attack. Yeah. Um,
2: and going back to two factor,
0: you get that robocall
2: call that gives you a code, and you enter that code and reset your password. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I mean, I mean, again, if uh, if you look at things like SIM swapping, uh, to kind of general, um, not generalize, but but pull it out to a more extreme of SIM swapping, somebody has your phone number, they can try and grab your 2FA creds or whatever else, whatever other kind of information gets sent to your phone number. They could try and pull that out. Um, I just, I think it's a, it's an interesting thing for two factor authentication in particular, because actually Twitter, Twitter also said that they are going to be reviewing their two factor authentication. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know what you would call it, not their platform, but policy, their their policies, um, because it could, because their words it could be abused in the same way um which was really interesting actually because i didn't even think that they would i don't i'm not i'm sure how they actually linked those two together but they must have in, when it, during their incident response on that i mean
1: uh, using or, or abusing two-factor or authentication it can be a great tool for open source research, right? If mm-hmm. you're trying to figure out someone's email address or figure out someone's phone number and if you initiate a password reset, it might give you a couple of digits or a couple of pieces of mm-hmm. that email address that you can build together what it actually is. And so they might be looking to see how much of that is actually being exposed um, in circumstances like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: It's just another piece of the puzzle that somebody can use to to kind of build a bigger picture uh, in an attack.
0: Yeah. And I'd say that that's probably more for like a VIP situation. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily, I guess, I mean, I guess obviously it could be on a wide on a wide scale, but you know, if you're, it, if
1: it's, it's going to be more impactful when you're Jack Dorsey or exactly like right. this also happened to Chloe Grace Moretz, right? right. So high actress, profile people. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, okay. So sticking with the, the social media theme, um, Facebook this week, Facebook has had a rough couple of years <laughs> at this point. Um, so basically another example of somebody leaving their data exposed on the internet with, with no password to protect it. Um, someone, and the, the researchers don't know, the the journalists who investigated this don't know who actually the data belonged to. Mm-hmm. But somebody scraped Facebook to gather phone numbers of Facebook users, um, which is something that the company has uh, for a while now been trying to hold back they, they didn't allow developers to have access to users phone numbers like I think that they were trying to keep a, keep a handle on that and they removed yeah. the search by phone number yep.
1: feature and I mean some of these uh, records also had other personal information it wasn't just phone numbers in all cases mm-hmm. but I think Phone numbers and user IDs and names were probably among the primary data affected. And they, they
2: noted that this must have been taken when that search function, when you can actually still search for a person using yeah. a phone number. Mm-hmm. Like a year ago or yeah, something. Yeah, so, I mean, it's still pertinent, still, you know, something you don't want out there. But it, it was something that was done before they changed that phone number policy, mm-hmm. searching
0: for people by their phone number. So they, they already had addressed it, but this was just previous data that had been collected before that.
1: And it was added it was. just a month ago, yeah. right?
0: Yeah, that's that's. What's it was added recently. Yeah. So it
1: wasn't something that was, I mean, I I don't know, but mm-hmm. because it was added recently, it maybe it wasn't necessarily being exposed for too, long too long, right?
0: Yeah. right? yeah, which is obviously better than it being exposed mm-hmm. for a long period of time. But um, it does show, that's actually an interesting point. I didn't realize that it was just recently posted. Um, that can kind of indicate, in my opinion, that, there's people who gather this information and don't post it online.
1: I mean, for examples like we just talked about with Twitter, like phone mm-hmm. numbers can be useful for conducting attacks, like mm-hmm. that the 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 Twitter incident.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, totally. Um, but for the for the actual numbers of the exposure, uh, there's 419 million. Um, I guess, accounts or users.
1: Which is a lot, but in the grand scheme of Facebook exposures <laughs> is fairly small.
0: It's like, what, like 20%, 15% yeah. maybe? Yeah. It's the, the 400,000
2: um, compared to the... You know.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but that was like 133 million in the US for US users, uh, 18 million for UK users, and then more than 50 million from, um, from Vietnam users, which was an interesting, I guess, addition on, on, the, on top of that. Like you have the US, the UK, and then Vietnam. So I don't know if maybe it was somehow they were scraping just geo-specific for that stuff. Or maybe
1: people that liked a certain page. Maybe,
0: yeah, something like that. Um, But, yeah, so, I mean, this isn't necessarily Facebook's fault, right? I mean, it's more... um, Which is, I
1: think, is people are inclined to to think think when they read these headlines because of previous... The incidents that have affected Facebook. That's the first thing that's gonna pop into a lot of people's minds But it's important to remember that this wasn't necessarily Facebook's fault like we really don't know who was responsible for a Collating this data and mm-hmm. b posting it.
0: Yeah. Yeah um, Yeah, I mean, that's a great point. It wasn't their file store that was being exposed because um, obviously it's <laughs> it's their service so, they, <laughs> yeah. um, so as we said earlier, the company acknowledged that it occurred before they changed their policies, um, and yeah, they just typically don't really uh, in in the normal operating days of Facebook. They don't really allow people to access that kind of information. Um, but even though we know that it's not really Facebook's fault, I think in the like you say in the general public's perception of Facebook. This is another hit to their brand. It's another hit to their reputation.
1: And the way that a lot of these media headlines are probably going to be spun is mm-hmm. to put Facebook front and center.
2: Mm-hmm. I mean, somebody's got to take the blame, right? Somebody's yeah. got to be the scapegoat or, you know, <laughs> the the one to... Well, especially when they can't find whose
0: data it <laughs> yeah. actually belongs exactly. to. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, like you look at something like Cambridge Analytica, like that was... It occurred from Facebook, but it was still a third party, and that was obviously a much bigger, much grander thing, but, um, but yeah, I mean, it's not necessarily, it, it pains me to say sort of, but it's, like, it's not necessarily Facebook's fault. Like, um, it could have
1: happened to anyone, yeah. just so that Facebook had this information that is clearly sought after, mm-hmm. right, by mm-hmm. people willing to look for it and collate it. Yeah, yeah.
2: I mean, it goes back to what you're actually putting onto your social media profiles and being careful, being mindful and thinking twice, you know, what if this is at one point taken from where I'm putting it and yeah. handled by somebody that doesn't always have the best intentions or maybe do have the best intentions, but then it's publicly available yeah. and somebody who doesn't have the best intentions gets a hold of it. Grabs it. Yeah.
0: and I mean, not to just retread what we've already talked about, but like the the phone numbers. I mean, the fact that phone numbers can be used, and I mean, this is another good example of, okay, phone numbers have been exposed. What can somebody really do with it? And it's like, well, there's a Twitter thing that just happened, and that's something that can happen Mm -hmm. with it.
2: Yeah, it's not as innocuous as you might think. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. All
0: right. Well, I think that's kind of the main stories from this week, unless anybody has anything else. Um, We will wrap up with the question of the week but remember go visit resources.digitalshadows.com you can find the full weekly intelligence summary there which will have some more uh, deep dive kind of assessment of, of other incidents that happened this week um, and yeah so please go visit that and also rate us on iTunes your favorite podcasting platforms wherever that may be um, I heard Alex yawn he must be very tired he's ready to go home
1: well, uh-huh. it is three o'clock, and I haven't had my afternoon coffee yet, oh, so it's starting o'clock. to hit
0: me. Yeah. Um, okay. Struggle. So the struggle is real. Um, so the question for this week is a little bit different than normal. Um, we're gonna play the Prices Right, just because it seems fun. Come um, on down. And we were we were singing the Prices Right theme song at lunch. So oh, you were. Oh, sorry. I, w- I was humming it. So that's really where <laughs> that's why I got the idea. Um, okay. If you <laughs> if you had to guess what the most expensive vacuum cleaner uh (laughs) that has ever been like sold in retail stores oh how much do you think that that would be
2: it's gonna be like a like a dyson or something like 10 grand or something
1: Mm, no (laughs) let's say more let's say you think it's
0: more okay you think it's more than 10 grand
1: yes okay Keep
0: going. Okay. I want to I want to guess. I want fifteen.
2: I, you, you gotta do you gotta do the classic prices right and just I, I don't ten think thousand. Ten thousand and one. Yeah. Just so that way, you know. Yeah. Yeah. What's yours? I said ten thousand. Oh, you know. well, are you going fifteen thousand? Yeah. Okay, I'll go fifteen thousand and one.
0: Fifteen thousand one. You went over. Yeah. Okay. Alex was closer. Ooh. Because it's actually fifteen hundred dollars. It's called the I I don't know how to pronounce this. It's a German vacuum cleaner, but it is uh, mile M I E L E, mile Miele, Mille. Mille. uh, a hundred and fourteen-year German-based appliance manufacturer, um, and they, <laughs> it's considered the Mercedes-Benz of vacuums, mm. and it comes with a steep price tag at fifteen hundred dollars. It's one of the most expensive home vacuums ever sold.
1: One of the most expensive ever
0: sold through traditional retail channels.
1: So, what is the most expensive?
0: Uh, well, so when I googled. The most expensive vacuum cleaner. This is what came up. I I, I didn't do a whole lot of research for. Uh, so you're
1: telling me that there's not like a Louis Vuitton <laughs> vacuum cleaner that's like diamond-studded, like, diamond su- studded. But, like so Yeah, but, like
0: those aren't like retail though. Those aren't like retail sold. I'm talking about something you could buy at Home Depot or something. In a, in a Home Depot, <laughs> you could buy a <laughs> melee. Um. All right. Well, Alex won this round.
1: Yeah, that's yeah. what you get sure for trying to. Like to do do do. <laughs>
0: All right. Well, thank you, guests. Thank you, listeners. Uh, Thank you, Bob Barker. Bob Barker uh, rules way better than Drew Carey. Um, Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Alex, you agree? I don't know who
2: any of these people are. No. He doesn't want surprises, right? Oh, man. Nope. He had no childhood. Yeah, really. All right. Thank you, guests. Thank you, listeners. Talk to y'all next week.